Hey, my name is Jalen Cornell Burrow, and welcome to my podcast, Practice, Train, Compete Inside the Mind of an Athlete. Welcome to my podcast, Practice, Train, Compete Inside the Mind of an Athlete. Today, I have my cousin, Jeanette Jackson. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself and tell the people who you are, why you're here, and just a little bit more about yourself? All right, like my cousin said, I am Jeanette Jackson um, from Lancaster, California, but I really claim Las Vegas because that's where I grew up. Um, I play basketball. My life started when I was four years old. Um, I got a scholarship to play basketball um, at Purview A&M University. Uh, love my alma mater. And then uh, I won three cha swag championships there. Uh, had three NCAA appearances as well. Um, I went on to pursue my professional career where I played overseas for a few years. Um, started in Romania, finished in Spain. Um, and then uh, after my career, I went to grad school. In grad school, I, that's when I started coaching. I actually was able, blessed enough to start coaching at my alma mater at Prairie A&M University. Um, it was fairly easy because I knew the, the ins and the outs uh, of the campus, of the school, you know, what everything meant. And so my transition was actually pretty smooth, um, but that's that's all about me. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to start you off with this question since you are both. Um, explain the mindset of an athlete coach or let me actually say this. Do you know the difference between an athlete coach and a coach athlete? Do I know the difference between an athlete coach and a coach athlete? Yeah. <sighs> it's close. Um I can't say that I have. I actually never been asked that question. <laughs> you have me thinking. Um, no, but my experience as an athlete versus a coach was very different. Um, so I can speak about that. Um, at, as an athlete, I was the floor general. I was the point guard. I was a combo guard. I, I can play the one and the two. But as that point guard position, you are an extended extension of a coach. You know, so I was able to lead. Um you know, I could direct traffic, I could score, I can do what I needed to do. But also my coach allowed me to have that room and trusted me, you know, to be an extension of her. Um, but as a coach, it it didn't click that easy for me. You know what I mean? Because when I graduated, I went from immediately from athlete to coach. I couldn't separate those athletes being my friends at one point in time and then now me being your superior or, you know, above you, you know, coaching you. Yeah. So it was hard for me to separate my friendships with the ladies and then coaching. <laughs> yeah, that is hard. But, you know, it, it's good that you already had a relationship with those athletes. That way you didn't have to build a relationship. They already had trust in you as a person, as an athlete. Right. So now they're having trust in you as a as a coach. Right. You know? So that that is a good thing because without that relationship with a coach, you know, <laughs> your time as an athlete is pretty much gonna suck wherever yeah. you're at, and it's it's hard. And I I feel like you've had maybe a similar experience or one or two experiences where like a coach has just made you want to quit or a coach has made you want to just say forget the sport, forget you. I want to transfer. I want to leave. I need. A, I just need something new. I feel like every athlete has gone through that at least once, twice, maybe three yeah. times in their life. So, yeah. But that's but what, what you I, need to make you stronger. True. <laughs> that's what true. you need to make you stronger. True. But what I was saying about a coach, athlete, and athlete coach. So an athlete coach is an athlete who thinks, acts, and has the characteristics of a coach without right. actually being a coach. So a without coach. somebody who's in the coach um, coaching position. But a coach athlete, there's two different types of coach athletes. There's the coach athlete who was an ex-athlete. So they have the mindset of an athlete. So when an athlete says that they're struggling with something, they've been through it. They know what it, they know what it feels like. Or there's also that the coach athlete that is still an athlete and they're still part of the team, but they're but they've come into a coaching role. So sort of like what you did. So you were part two of coach athlete you yeah. were athlete coach but coach athlete at the same time and I mean it's, it's one of those things where you can turn it on 
to where if you need to be a coach at that point in time, you're a coach. If you need to be an athlete, you can be an athlete at that point. Absolutely. So I think that's what that's what every captain is on anything. It doesn't matter if it's football, track, soccer, basketball, softball, baseball. Like if you are the captain, you are partially coach. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's what I'm in by the mindset. But you know, it, share your experiences throughout high school, or just just share where you started from and how you ended up as a coach because you briefly went over it but you didn't you know, like go into detail go in detail yeah um at high school starting in middle school I had always been uh one of the better athletes um it was just natural you know I grew up around a lot of males and my family and things of that nature so I was always outside playing basketball and wanted to be around them which is how my skill developed faster than normal um but I've always been in the spotlight. So in middle school, I was ranked 10th nationally in the in the nation. Um, I went on and I left, moved to Vegas, started over brand new. You know, nobody knew who I was. And that was kind of a shock for me. So I had to figure it, figure that out. Um, once basketball season came around, that was my outlet. Um, of course, I was still one of the better ones. So I stood out which made, that's how I grew my name in Las Vegas. Um, and then I connected with a AAU team and I played for Vegas Elite. And then I also played for the Henderson Heat. Um, both great coaches have great connections. Um, they just loved my character, loved my energy, you know, so it was easy for them to advocate for me. You know, I was always having interviews or being a face front on things. And so, uh, people just, I mean, I guess I, I just, it kind of just flopped to me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I didn't have to just go out and find it. It was finding me. And um, so that was just my transition. That's just how it happened. I, when I came back, when people found out I was coming back from overseas, um, you know, I, op- options was just getting handed to me left and right which I wanted to be a coach. So when that option fell in my lap, it was kind of like a shock. Um, But in that transition, how I actually became a coach at Prairie View was Sandy Pugh from Southern University had just became the head women's basketball coach at Prairie View A&M University. Um, I was in a rec playing basketball and in she walks in with two of her other staff and she stops me and she's like, you you know who I am? And I'm like, yes, ma'am. I know exactly who you are. <laughs> you you coach Pew, you know, from Southern. And she was like, yeah, man, you gave me many buckets, many buckets, <laughs> a lot of 30-point games. And I said, I had to, coach. I had to. And she's like, yeah, come see by the, come, come by the office and talk to me a little more. I see you playing basketball. So come by. So I was like, yes, ma'am. So a week or two went by, and I went and visited. I went and sat with her. And we were just talking, and one thing led to another. They said they were looking for a graduate assistant, and they had a position available. And at the time, I had – I didn't know how I was going to pay for grad school at the time, so it, it kind of all just li- aligned. Yeah. And as soon as they said, I mean, you can have it if you want it, I was like, yeah, <laughs> I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> and that was my foot in the door <laughs> as a coach. Hey, that's, that's, a great, that's a great way to get into it. I mean, it literally fell into your lap. Like that's 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 God. Yeah. <laughs> that is that's God. But you are the complete opposite from your brother. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. His, his journey is way way harder than mine. Oh yeah. He he's worked his butt off. Man. I mean, but his mindset now is better oh, yeah. than mine was then. Yeah. He's on a completely different level. <laughs> I can honestly say that, but. His journey by far is, is not as harder. easy as my been. It's a lot harder. I have a lot of respect for him. I do. Absolutely. Like, my respect for him, his love for God, his respect for God, the way he praises, yeah. the way he does everything about God. I absolutely have <laughs> the utmost respect for that man. Absolutely. And I mean, even when I asked him, like, the difference between asking you how you became a coach to asking him if he would ever coach, you know, mm-hmm. he, 
he wasn't really with it until like I had to explain to him. It's like the reason I want to coach is because I want to give back to the sport that gave to me. Absolutely. Like at least for one year. Like I feel like every every athlete needs to coach for at least one year just to give back. Just because to see sport, if you like it. Yeah. Like this sport literally bred you outside of your parents and your village and your family and all of that. Like, right. The sport bred you. It gave you friends. It gave you family. It it gave you the chance to travel if you were able to travel. It, it literally gave you everything that it gave you. Absolutely. So like one year in coaching is worth the sacrifice of however many 10, 15 like, years you play. I almost wish I could have coached for a year before actually playing in the sport because I learned so much in that one year yeah. <laughs> that I learned my entire season at Prairie. Yeah. When you become a coach, you're sitting back and thinking, dang, why didn't I have this knowledge when I played a few years Absolutely. ago? But now it turns into, oh, let me now give this knowledge that I have learned, knowledge that yeah. I that knowledge that I already others. have, and let me help others. Yes. You know, that's that's all it is. Mm-hmm. So, but that's that's why I want to coach. I'm happy that you are coaching, you know. Thank you. You know, the last time I actually saw you play or just saw you in your element was when we went out to visit you when we were still playing at Prairie View. Yeah. And I think that was when I came out for like junior Olympics or something like that. Yep. Yep. I remember that. Um, I remember that. That was the last time. Y'all actually hung out with me the whole day. I was like, and we just (laughs) talked. (laughs) I mean, we didn't have anything else to do. So, I mean, why not see family? Right. And I mean, I don't get the chance to see a lot of family often, especially, you know, you and brother because you know, y'all lived out in vegas i had, no reason. All the I had time. no reason to be in vegas we yeah. traveled for track and soccer for uh, katie and you know you and your brother were always gone and y'all left for college and right it just didn't line up you know right <laughs> but you know let me ask you this what is what was your worst fear as an athlete my worst fear as an athlete failing i just my <sighs> I was the backbone for my team. So if I was off, everything was off, you know? And I think my biggest fear was failing, (laughs) having a bad game, losing, you know, my cool or just not being able to live up to people's expectations. Yeah. Expectations. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you do. Yeah. You do build up. The everybody's expectations as you do better. Like the more good games you have, the more great games you have. Like everybody expects a level from you. Absolutely. And you know, the moment you don't live up to it, it's like you have a lot of um hatred or you have a lot of people on Twitter. Negative like feedback, nowadays, yeah. negative comments. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe she's not what I crazy. thought. You know, it's <laughs> yeah. And then you know, you gotta come back and just prove it wrong. But then the moment you don't prove it wrong, it's it's downhill. It's a slippery yep. slope. <laughs> Yep. You know, one thing leads to another and it's it's all downhill. Right. So I, I, I get that, you know, I, I've been there myself where, you know, you have one bad meet for me because we mm-hmm. try to put one bad meet and then it's like everybody's looking at you sideways because like, oh, you just jumped blah, blah, blah the other day. Yeah. Jumping 19 and it's like. But it happens. You know? like, I'm sorry. I still came out and ran on that relay though. So like you can't be mad. I'm human. But, I'm human yeah, at man. the end of the day. Where everybody's human. Everybody's going to do it. Like maybe, maybe I had something going on that day. Maybe you had something going on that day. Right. And mentally you just weren't, you just weren't there. It was drained. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, that, that is hard, but, but now let me ask you this. What is your worst fear as a coach since you coach? Uh, Losing, losing kids through the cracks, you know, um, it's a positive outlet, you know, for kids who can get away from any situation and just me not being able to reach a kid mental or be a part of that positive light in their life. I just like, it hurts my heart. (laughs) It breaks my heart. Um, but ultimately me not coaching them to reach their full potential as an athlete or as a person. That is my worst fear. Yeah. Because when I finish with you, I want you to have reached your full potential or your full character traits. Are you 
anything in life, you know, I just want you to reach that to that point that you were meant to reach with me. Yeah, I respect that you are <laughs> a model coach. And I mean, I give you high praise for that because a lot of coaches don't have that mindset or they have it in the beginning, but they lose it over time. And that, that's yeah. my worst fear for coaches, not as me as a coach, but for coaches because they lose it. And once they start losing love for the game, love for the kids, love for the athletes, like they're just there for the check. And once you're there for the check, you're the worst coach. Like, Ever. <laughs> you're yes. the worst coach in the world. Yes. And that's yes. why like high school coaches, like we got to love them because like they don't get paid much. Some of them don't get paid at all. They get a small, maybe stipend, yeah. and that's but that's it's not it. much. Yeah, like, and it's so, a key role. I, I'm yeah. still connected to my high school coach, and I'm almost thirty. I'm 28 <laughs> years old, and me and my coach will talk every now and then. You know, she used to come out yeah. and watch some games. She caught the yeah. Alabama A&M games or the Alabama State games. She'll come and watch me play every now and then. So that I feel like that connection that you build is key. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, I think if you have if you have a coach who has high connect or just even connections in general, like you're so far ahead of somebody else. Like if your coach is connected to, let's say, D1, D2 schools because, you know, they just happen to know the coaches or like assistant coaches like that little bit of an edge. It's everything. Yeah. <laughs> it is but everything. at the same time, it can tell you it can tear you down. It can. You have to really love your coach. Because if you don't, you won't perform to, to you wouldn't, you won't reach your potential and you won't well, perform like the way you know you can. You know what I'm saying? So that, that love, hate, that love has to be there with that coach does. and that player. It does. You know, there's been times where like I had moments where I was like, I don't like you as like thinking to myself, thinking about my coach. Like I, I'm just sitting here, like, I don't like you. I love <laughs> yeah. I love and only reason I say I love my coaches because I've been with them since seven, eight, nine years old. Like these are all my yeah. coaches, these are family. So for me, being able to say I hate you at this point in time, it's okay. But if this was like a brand new coach mm-hmm. and I've only known you for like two months, I would never, never think anything like <laughs> that because I still have to build that bond and that relationship with you Absolutely. before I can, you know, really say something about your character or the way you coach because like I'm brand new. So, you know, absolutely. Coaches, they play an important role in every level. It doesn't matter. Every it level. does not matter. Every level. So, every level. But, you know, <laughs> I just want to speak <laughs> on that though. I ha- I do have connect a close connection with my college coach as well, coach Don Brown. I actually was in her wedding. <laughs> You know, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's more than basketball. Yeah. It really you is. Build the like, bond. You build a family with these people. You do. Like if you get to know their family, it's like, oh, now we're now we we've you you trust me that much, and I trust you that much to where like I can bring you around my family. You can bring me around yeah. your family, and you know I can call you on your birthday, and vice versa. Or I can call you if I'm going through something. You know? mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to it with my parents and my friends or my siblings, right. like. I can come to you as a human being and you see me as a human being, then you're old athlete. Right. Right. You hit the nail on the head with that. Right. So that's, that, that is important. (laughs) But, you know, um, do you know what it means to be consistently good? And like, would you rather be consistently good or rarely great? Consistently good. Definitely consistently good (laughs) because you're going to know what you're going to get out of me day in and day out. Same effort, 100% all the time. And then when you're consistently good, you know, you'll have those occasionally great games. Like it will come eventually some time. Right. So, you know, those, those, those players who are. What would you rather be? Oh, me, I'm consistently good. I know for a fact, like I, I can't be overly great every so often like once that happens you know one track meet you know i'm jumping 24 23 the next track meet i'm jumping 19 for like 
four or five track meet straight and then I just so happen to jump up at 23, 24 and it's like and that could be the difference between keeping a scholarship yeah. and, and, and not able to keep one consistency exactly. is key yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. key too like, you know they're bringing they you want, to produce they want them. players who who they know they could depend on yeah. they could close their eyes and know that player is going to go out there and perform the same way every, every day every day no matter what but then I think that's when like your mental comes in and like if you're going through something or like if a death just hit or a tragedy just hit, I think it's okay at that point in time to just take a step back. Mm-hmm. And I've seen coaches will shame athletes for taking a step back. Like I've mm-hmm. seen it, I've seen it on Twitter, I've seen it on Instagram, I've seen it in person. And it's a lot of hatred that coaches have and they, they normally bury it very well. But once you see it come out, it's like, why do you have to take it for me or for another player when they just need to take a step back for for a moment? It doesn't matter if it's a day, two days, a week. Like, just let them take that step back because when they come back, they're going to be better or they're going to come back just as strong as when they left. I'd rather, if I were to to ever coach, I would rather have that athlete take a step back then come mm-hmm. out here and produce some numbers that are a disgrace to what you normally do. Absolutely. So like. <laughs> but do you do that every time that the kid has that mental break? No, it depends on the mental break. So like if it's a death, completely understandable. If it's you and your girlfriend or boyfriend going through it, work through No. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Like there's different things that you need to understand. Like if your mother is in the hospital or if you have a family pet that's in the hospital, it's like. If your pet is in the hospital, take a week. If your mother's in the hospital, take take a little bit more time because that, that's a whole different level of relationship that you have. That's the woman that raised you. If you have to leave, that's okay. The second string will step in. And okay. I want to be able to have, I want to be able to be a coach where it's like, even if the second string is stepping in, they can produce just as good of the numbers as the first string. Like, I, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, hey. yeah. So that's if you can't trust in your second string, <laughs> You, if you can't trust your second string, then it's like you, you're not a good coach. Yeah, but at the same time, chemistry kicks in. You have sure. one who plays left less minutes coming into a bigger role. It yeah. just throws things off. It throw, it throws situations off. So I definitely can see both sides of it, the situation. Yeah. Definitely, I as a coach, I would allow a player to take a step back. Let me say that first. I would say a couple of days. I don't know about a whole week. And just because season is is like goes by like that, you know, so missing a week, just like missing a month. Yeah. I need to keep you in your groove at the same time. And at the same time, your mental break, basketball should be a part of your mental break. You yeah. know, showing up to practice, being there for your teammates, your teammates, allowing your teammates to be there for you as well as your coaching staff. I, I mean, I, I just feel like I don't know about a week, but definitely I would I would allow a couple of days. Yeah. And I mean, the only reason I say a week is because I know for my personal instance, like when my grandfather passed away, when he was going in and out of the hospital and everything was going downhill, like for the first like three days, like I couldn't even step foot on the track. Like I had a panic attack the day. Like we left him at the hospital or the home or whatever, whatever it's called. And I stepped foot on the track. My mom dropped me off just prior to me driving. And I had a panic attack. And then I called my mom. I was like, I can't do this. And I didn't show up for practice for like another two days because I mentally could not be there and look at people and have the, and have the questions and the, you'll be fine. It's okay. Every, I, I don't want to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's the only reason I say a week, because after, like, two to three days, you know, you're coming back into your group, you know, if you yeah, have yeah. the love for the game. So, and, I mean, it's different for track because, you know, two days out is, like, three months gone. Yeah. It, 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 you you lose everything in, like, two to three days. You will lose everything. Right. So, that, but three to four days, you know, it. I think that's the it's- time frame. It is important to allow your, your your athletes to take a step back, you know, even shoot them to the school therapist. And so, you know, we've we've done that. We I've I've had a situation where we had to 
send a couple of our kids to see therapists because they were just so angry inside, you know, and we yeah. could see something and we allowed them to miss, you know, okay, don't kind of practice today. Come back tomorrow. See how you're feeling. Talk to me, you know, just communicate how you feel. And as a coach, that's, that's really all you want from your athlete. Yeah. And then we'll figure out the next, the next best step moving forward, you know, but definitely a mental break for an athlete is needed. Yeah. And I think if an athlete takes longer than a week and they don't have a therapist or a sports therapist or somebody to play that role, it's a lot harder for them to come back to the game, to the sport. Yeah. It is. Like, I, I, I've seen it. I, I personally know a few people. Two, two of them had therapists. One of them didn't. This is, this is, all, uh, this is all a friend group. And they mm-hmm. all went through the same tragedy. Mm-hmm. One person bounced back quick, not in a healthy mm-hmm. way, not in a healthy way at all. And then the second person, he, uh, he took his time and he came back and he was better than ever. And then that third person, this, this person didn't have this like at all. And they didn't come back to the game like at all, ever. At all. Like, and now they're sitting there. And I remember I had a conversation with them and they were all saying like what their next goal is in life for, for football. And mm-hmm. the dude and the one that didn't have a therapist was like, I should have came back, but nobody. But he was like, I didn't have anybody to talk to. And then at that point in time, everybody got mad because we were all like, you could have talked to us. Mm-hmm. Like you weren't the only one that went through that situation. Like mm-hmm. we could have helped you find somebody to talk to or right. not. like it's so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's on you, but it's also on us because we let you fall into right. the hole. And right. That's when teammates come into play. Cause like, right. You have to have a bond with your teammates and it's without the bond, without that friendship, without that trust. One, you're not going to play well together. Two, you got to They won't reach out to you if they have a problem. (laughs) Right. I I think everything plays a role in how individually everybody goes to be great. You know, one person struggles, we're all going to struggle, especially on a team sport. So for track, it's different. You know, we're we're not really a team sport until relays. I mean, we practice together, we work together, we train together. But when it comes down to it, we're all about individual. Right, right. It's individual. And then relays come and it's like, oh, let's work on this handoff. And, you know, that's but that's when chemistry comes into play. Because if you don't have chemistry with this person, your handoff is going to be horrible. <laughs> you will be dropping that baton out of 10 times. In order to gain that chemistry, you got to communicate with them. Yeah, you got to have some trust. So how do you build that line. trust with them? You know, I think coaches or athletes just have to have team bond. Bond, period. <laughs> and I mean... I, yeah. Personally, Upland, we didn't have team moments, but mm-hmm. for us, it worked because, you know, we grew up together. So, I mean, even yeah. if I didn't like you, you know, I still respected you on the track. Right. You know, if you weren't my favorite person, I still respected you on the track to where. And that's what it's all about yeah, as an athlete. You know, it's just yeah. about respect because I know not everybody on that team liked me, but right. I know they respected me as an athlete because I saw the way I trained. Like, right. I was there after practice. Like, everybody's leaving. I'm still working on long jump. Yeah. And I took a break from long jump senior year for like practicing for like a month because mm-hmm. I just couldn't handle it. Like there was so much going on. COVID, mentally, I wasn't there. Yeah, School, yeah. track wasn't it. I wasn't getting scouted for a time period. Like nothing right. was working out for me. Right. And for most people, they'd be like, oh, that's the time you want to grind harder. Well, I've been through so many injuries to where like I couldn't even. <laughs> I couldn't even get out there and run for a point in time. Yeah. So getting out there for my senior year and I didn't have any scouts, and, you know, I came in, it's like my junior year is like one of the best juniors in uh, California. I was like, right. Oh, this is all that. What else do I have to do? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, you know, coming into my senior year, I just wasn't, I just wasn't into it. And then, you know, I did one good jump beginning of the season and I was like, I'm done. I wanted to be done. But I'm happy. I, I'm happy. I can't. I, I'm happy. I stayed out there. Yeah. I am. I'm happy. I stayed out there because it ended up being. Well, I ended up getting scouted. I ended up PRing at the end of the season because by the time I came back to training, like 
Mm-hmm. I'm talking about I'm coming on days I didn't have to come. I'm, I'm training on the side with myself, doing things, going to random parks. I'm right. over here working with my coach. And I'm not getting home till eight o'clock and practice ends at six. Right. And I mean, I'm getting there before practice, doing my spirit workout before practice so I can have two hours of just long time. And I mean, I think that's where people didn't, they didn't see that. But for the people that did see it, my, their respect for me grew. It's, it's always the ones who don't see the effort that you're putting in that want to put you down. And, and, and most of the time, they don't even know the amount of time and effort that you actually have to put in to look and perform the way that you do. Yeah. You know, so all they see is performance, but they don't see the preparation. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's why everybody puts, you know, everything out on social media. now. But it's like, you don't have to put everything out. Not everything. I, especially if it's negative yeah you know I, cancel culture on twitter is crazy <laughs> for what for why like, yeah you know and it's only and it's really only on twitter because like on instagram you don't have threads like twitter right right so you know instagram you know you post a picture you post it on your story and it's gone in 24 hours unless you know somebody screenshots it I mean, it always saves the archives, but I mean, unless somebody screenshots and you know, repost it, then I mean, it'll, mm-hmm. it'll have a little trail for a little bit. But Twitter, right? Oh yeah, that, that's up there. Yeah, you know, one person, yeah. one person posts something, you know, you got thousands, millions of people on the same thread bashing the same person, and then you have multiple other threads doing the same thing. Same thing. It's almost sad. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like not almost sad. It's almost like unreal, you know, because. Yeah. How did we get there? Yeah. Like, how how is that allowed? How how do we stop it? How do we prevent it? You can't. You can't. You can't. Like, it doesn't you matter can't at all. <laughs> you know, you can be the best as in the world. Like, uh, I use the same example with your brother, Paul George. Like, playoff P. That man struggled, missing free throws, and I mean, Clippers is my team. Yeah. And once Kawhi got out, I was like, ah, <laughs> right there. And Paul George may be good, but Kawhi, that's the backbone. Yeah. And then, you know, Paul George, he came out, you know, he put a 40 point game up and I was like, OK, OK. And then he put a 13 point game up and I was like, OK. okay. <laughs> and then you put another like mid 13 point, 14, 15 point game. Up, I was like, all right. Then you put a 20 point game. Up, I was like, sir, <sighs> do better. You are really <laughs> great. And I mean, but it's OK, but. It is. Everybody on Twitter was going crazy doing this, this, and that. I didn't say anything. So like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want anybody bashing me like that either. Like I don't care if it's the playoffs. Even if you finals. felt the same way. Yeah, like I definitely felt the same way. Like, you know, say you didn't have to voice it. We, you're gonna get, a, they're gonna get enough hate from all the sports advertisers. Absolutely. That's all they need to hear. Honestly, mm-hmm. that's all. If you have any other opinion and you're not a sports analyzer or you're not training to be in that position, don't say anything online. Right. Because nine times out of ten, the athlete, him or herself, already knows. Yeah, they know. They know, you know, so they don't need all the extra baggage behind them. Yeah, it's a lot of baggage. And I think that's when, like, having a sports therapist comes into play because, like, Mm -hmm. you have – because you have your teammates because just because your teammates say, oh, it's okay, they feel a type of way. It doesn't matter how yeah. good of a bond you have. Like, they feel a type of way. I know personally, like, on my relay, when somebody didn't do good, you know, I said it's okay. But I was like, we might have won, but, bro, you you messed up. You, mm-hmm. you could have cost us if it if it all went wrong. Like, so, I, I mean, I, I know I feel a type of way, and I'm human. Everybody, you're going to feel a type of way. Right. So, I mean, having that therapist, you know, it, it's helping you release that tension and that emotion and all of that anger from teammates, from coaches, from random people from sports the, the like, Media, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. You, you have an outlet at that point in time. Right. So, you know, that outlet is important. It's it, like we have some type of stereo, stereotype out in the world that, you know, therapists or counseling isn't cool. Like, you know, especially within our community, um, you know, it's it's frowned upon. But really, we need to be pushing our athletes, our kids, our students to see them because we need that. Yeah, we we got we got family trauma. (laughs) We got generational trauma. 
you know even if you don't know it's trauma yeah <laughs> it's trauma, trauma is it's, it's most likely trauma right and i mean we can say the same thing for a lot of black people and a lot of uh people of color don't like going to the hospital it's just, it's literally the same thing right. you know you don't like going to the hospital you don't trust them which is completely valid because the hospitals and doctors do especially black women dirty yeah <laughs> black women dirty because statistically you know they always think oh you know they can handle more it's not the fact yeah. that we can handle more or you guys can handle more it's just the fact that we've been through more we've had to sit down and go currently still go through more exactly right. so like my struggle what i call a struggle and what you call a struggle is completely different you know, your struggle is an everyday life for me. My struggle is <laughs> an everyday life for somebody else of color. Right. So it, it is a stigma. And I mean, I, I do want to help break it, especially within athletes, because, you know, having that therapist, that sports therapist, because they are two different types of therapists. And mm-hmm. People don't know that. But, you know, you can't have a sports therapist and try to do regular therapy. Right. Unless, no. you know, that specific therapist has... They've made it their bread and butter to be both. Other right. than that, you know, you, they're two different therapists. But you know, having that person, that outlet, it's it's a lifesaver. Yeah. Literally, it's a lifesaver. So and, and we need more, you know, podcasts like this. So to spread the word, you know what I'm saying? Um, you're probably reaching more people than you know that you are, just because your friends is watching and they probably went through the same situations, you know. But just hearing yeah. The fact that a coach or an athlete, a known coach or a known athlete has gone through the same things and, you know, are out there to talk to or out there to help seek and guide you to the right hands. I mean, it goes a long way. It goes a long way. It really does. Because, like, we we just need more. (laughs) (laughs) We do. We really do. And, I mean, having that. Having that coach, like even if that coach specifically or that friend or athlete can't help you personally, I feel like at least they can push you in the right direction. Absolutely. Like They may know someone who knows someone yeah. who can't. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, somehow, because my mother's a therapist, I've always ended up as that person where it's like, go talk to Jalen. You know, <laughs> he can help you. And it's like, maybe I don't want to help you, but I still help you. Like, I... I I've had people that I absolutely can't stand and they still come into me. And it's like, and I mean, at that point in time, that's when like, I I have a lot of respect for people because like, you're still coming to me. And like, when I first started like this idea for the podcast and I started asking people what they joined, you know, I had a lot of people where they started telling me their stories and I was just like, you need to get on this. Yeah. (laughs) I want you to share your story with other people because your story is the same as this other person I'm talking to, and they don't even know that y'all went to basically the same thing. Same thing, right? Y'all had the same injury pretty much at the same time during COVID, no play time. And it's like, and you didn't get scouted. And here you are, and it's like, share this. Because I mean, they're not getting scouted. They they're looking at it as a negative thing instead of seeing the platform that they're given to help others. You know, because if you can motivate somebody else and now just push them harder or, you know, show them in a different direction, it just let them know that maybe it just wasn't for you. This is not the direction (laughs) you need to go in. Some people just have to know, (laughs) you know, you know, I mean, we just have to make it cool to talk about. We do. Yeah. Like, I don't know. We always think of therapists in a negative way. Like, I know people who have therapists, but then we ask them, they're like, oh, I don't have a therapist. I'm like, bruh, <laughs> I know for a fact you have a therapist. <laughs> like, I know for a fact, like I've seen you go into the same building that I go into. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it's like, oh, you know, I don't have a therapist. But why, why lie? I mean, why? It's okay to say I have a therapist. I have somebody to talk to. You know, they're a non-biased but judgmental person. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, you know, you need that non-bias, but you also need that judgment. Yeah. You need somebody to read you. <laughs> so they gotta know you in and out like <laughs> they gotta know yeah absolutely. so it, it, it is hard but you know it, it, it's hard but you know on a uh, on a day-to-day basis do you think you're uh mentally equipped to handle everything that goes on on and off the court when you're coaching because it's hard 
on a day-to-day basis yeah yes i like to say so um but that's just come that's just you ha- i have to get mentally prepared as well you know what i'm saying so i have right. a mental routine that i do to allow me to prepare and get ready for the day in and day out of you know being an athlete or coaching you know yeah. what i'm saying and my routine is so easy but it works that's you know when works. i wake up all right i write my thoughts down after I write my thoughts down, you know, I'll put on a podcast. If I don't, if, if I don't feel like listening to a podcast, I'll just turn on some gospel music okay. and just, you know, I just get myself together. I'm singing along. I'm doing my routine. I'm writing my thoughts. It's therapeutic to me. <laughs> you it know is. what I mean? It so is. that just me having that mental uh, routine allows me to prepare for or to help, or to mentally understand better, or if I'm reading a book, I like to read, uh, like, uh, educational, or, like, mental, or, like, financial books, you know? Something Uh, educational. Huh? Something educational. Something educational, yes, yes. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think I used to struggle on a day-to-day basis just because my life wasn't where I wanted it to be back. And I mean, I'm freshly graduated <laughs> from high school. So like, right. my, my whole experience is still club and high school. Like I haven't hit collegiate yet. Like I haven't even hit that level yet. Like I, it's a whole I different leave, monster. Yeah, I leave soon to go out there for David. So like that's a whole different monster I haven't even tackled yet. So And that transition is hard. I, I can especially for me it was because i'm coming from the west coast to the south oh, yeah. that, that's different different yeah it's a different shock. different you know <laughs> what i mean and uh the way people talk the way people handle you it's it, everything was different about it i'm used to being under my mom and now miles away from her <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know so I, you kind of have to learn how to fend for yourself and you know take care of yourself yeah. grow grow up you know so that transition is definitely tough i actually my freshman year i actually wanted to quit <laughs> i wanted to quit i was home sick yeah and uh i was calling my mom i'm like mom i can't do this anymore i'm crying i can't do this anymore i don't want to play basketball no more. i just want to come home she's like just give it a year Give it a semester. If you don't like it, then, you know, you could come home. Ended up loving it. She yeah. said, now I can't get you to come home. Because I, I, I moved to Houston. <laughs> so she said, now I can't get you to come home. But, yeah, it was hard. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, for me, yeah, you know, I'm a mama's boy. You know, my mom's my best friend. But, like, <laughs> that away time is going to feel good for a little bit. And yeah, I'm gonna end up for a little bit. Yeah, for a little bit. But yeah, I'm gonna end up feeling, you know, homesick for for a while. I know me, but I know that my love for track and my love for the game, like it's gonna that's gonna be strong enough to keep me there. It outweighs absolutely. Yeah, it, it, it's strong enough to keep me there because like I, I will admit, then- like, summer training I haven't been training a lot just because like time wise and battling trying to get these injuries straightened out and everything. So like, I know when I get there, like I'm going to be a little bit behind, but I know me, like I'm going to work my butt off to, you know, yeah. get into the shape that I need to be because I'm pretty sure he wants to do indoor season. So indoor season is December, January. Yeah. I have a lot of work to do. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's pretty much the beginning of September right now. So but you have to think about it when you, when you go to college everybody's the best. Everybody was the best at their high school and college. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So you really gonna have to compete. You better get out there and run right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been <laughs> going on like, I've been going on like three mile, five mile runs just trying to keep my endurance up. Yeah. But I remember my first run, I was like, who told me to do this? Ugh. It's always that first two days or that first week back. Yeah, That's the worst. Oh, that was hard. That was hard, especially since it was hotter than it was supposed to be. Like when I started off <laughs> running, it was 80 degrees. By the time I finished, it was like 95. I was like, I was mad. 
Like I was actually mad at myself for putting I'm, myself I'm, in that position <laughs> <laughs> because I wasn't training and it wasn't completely my fault, but just being out there in that heat was torture. It was. Oh, running in the heat. I'll come back in with a headache. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Indoors is for me. Outdoors, man, I can't do it. It's different. It's, it's different. different. Especially since, you know, I run, I run tracks. So we don't, we run in the rain. Yeah. Yeah, I run. If it's only time we stop. <laughs> yeah. It's the only time. If there's thunder, they'll be like, oh, it's good. We, we can run. We, we're okay. Yeah. Like, I mean, I was at Junior Olympics one year in Illinois and it was thunder, raining hard. They were like, oh, it's fine. You know, we can keep going. They didn't tell us to go inside yeah. until thunder hit, like 17 miles out. And they're like, oh, we got to wait for this to pass. I was like, we couldn't have stopped like 20 minutes ago. You know, everybody yeah. out here, they they not competing to the best of their ability right now because it's weather, but they don't care. <laughs> it's, they don't Folks care. that live out there are used to that. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, the only time I like being in the rain is when I play soccer. Like playing soccer like in, playing the rain, in the rain. Yeah, that's fun. Cause you know, you know, you know, you slide tackle, you may clip them a little hard, but it's okay because you know it's raining. <laughs> you know, you slipped, right? You just slipped. It's not yeah. my fault. But you know, vice versa, I also broke my foot that way because somebody slide tackled me and my foot was broke. And I didn't know my foot was broken until I got back home. It was a tournament in Arizona. I was like, I can't walk. <laughs> wow. You know. And I mean, we ended, I think we ended up coming third or second at that uh, mm-hmm. tournament. I was so mad. Cause like So you played the whole tournament like that? Yeah, I played the whole tournament. The whole tournament. Wow. And I was getting beat up because you know, when you run track, you know, you're faster than everybody else who plays soccer just naturally because they don't train for speed. Yeah. They train for endurance, you know, track trains for speed, endurance, all of the above. Right. So, you know, when I get out there, you know, I'm naturally faster than everybody else. So, you know, they want to step on my foot. They want to slide tackle. They want to trip me up. I got a lot of elbow jabs to the gut. And here's the thing. Boys don't play that rough. Mm-hmm. The girls play rough. <laughs> I will never play soccer with girls. Hands down. I don't care. I'm a boy. I'm a, I would never play soccer with girls ever. They play like they were going to kill somebody. I've seen it. I see it. I've been there. I used to watch Katie play soccer like that. I was like, I'm yeah. good. <laughs> Boys don't do that. I don't know why yeah. girls play so aggressive in soccer. It's it's completely different. We got it. We got a chip on our shoulders. Y'all, I don't think y'all need that chip like that. No, we got we I got a chip that. on our shoulder. I've seen girls kick. They uh, I've seen girls kick uh, goalies in the face. Oh yeah, no. Like, I've never seen a boy do that in soccer, ever. They may get mad. They may cuss you out, you know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, since I, since I, you know, I play soccer, and, you know, it's with a whole lot of um, Afro-Latinos and Mexicans out here, you know, they speak Spanish, and I'm getting cussed out in Spanish. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> I know what you're saying. It's okay. But yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let it go. And then, you know, I'll cuss them out in English because I'm like, cause, you know, they don't need to know <laughs> Spanish. Come right back for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I understand it. Trust me. I know what you're saying. But, you know, yeah. That's, that's, it's, it's crazy. But, um, uh, <sighs> we didn't hit that, hit that. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me ask you, let me ask you something about God. Where, where's this question at? Where's this question at? Um, Uh oh! Can't find it. <laughs> I'm about to say this is gonna be an intense question. Yeah, huh? I mean, it is. It is an intense question. Like, but you know, I I feel like I can't. I can't find it. Think of it. So you know what? Um, I know you're religious. I know that for a fact. Um, how does God play a role into your life as a athlete? And as a coach now. Man, without God, I am nothing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, he he blessed me with my ability. So I ha- you have yeah. to thank him with everything that you do. You know, um, he is the reason. He is the reason why I am 
how I am, how I can perform, how I perform. Um, he blessed me with, you know, with in the right position at the right time. How can you not give thanks for that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But uh, that, that goes along with him preparing me, him her preparing me for my days on a day-to-day basis. I wake up, I, I, I journal, I pray, I listen to gospel music. You know, he tunes me. He he tunes me and gets me prepared for my days every day. I mean, I my world revolves around. So I just it's just a part of me. But yeah. it's been like that. It was installed in me when I was a little kid. You know what I'm saying? So I've been this way. Yeah. That's praise to your mother. <laughs> yeah. Your Fam. you know, your family background. <laughs> You know, that that is all praise to them because they are the ones who set you up for for life, who you are. They can't control, you know, everything, but they control just enough to where it's, you know, I was able to put you in that situation or I was able to lead you into the right path to where it led you to this. Absolutely. And, you know, without God, without parents, you know, we really, we wouldn't be much of anything. Anything. You know? anything there's there's not I, much we can we're do blessed that. to be you know put in the right family like yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, what i mean in the right situations we are absolutely no, he I, makes no mistake he does not and i always praise god for that and always i i love the fact that like i am in tune with god and i love the fact that like my friends who are also athletes are also in tune with god or not everybody's christian so they're in tune with their own religion religion right and that's all that matters it doesn't matter what religion you are it doesn't matter if it just doesn't matter mm-hmm. you know so yeah you know god is <laughs> god is god god is great god is god <laughs> you know and he is his own ther- therapist yeah <laughs> prayer prayer is therapy to me yes it is yes and you know, absolutely. I, I've seen people who deny um, praying, and they're still religious, and I don't, I don't see how that works. It doesn't make sense to me because so they never, they don't pray. Yeah, they they don't really pray. Like, but at they're all. religious. But they're religious, and that's interesting. I never heard of that. Huh? Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, that is. That it is. is. <laughs> never. Heard it, it really is. But he's so in tune with God, and you know, he he's he's a dude who can like just say a random scripture out of nowhere for anything, for any point in time, any moment. I'm just like, <laughs> but you don't pray? <laughs> but you read the Bible? Right. And you, you, you study the Bible more than I do, and, but you don't pray. Like, I've never heard me. that. I've never heard that before. He's I'm intrigued. Per- he's the only <laughs> person I know who does that. The only person. Like, for track, like how everybody, you know, they do like a short prayer or something to God or mm-hmm. whatever their religion is. And he just gets in the blocks. And I'm just like, this is, you different. <laughs> you a whole different breed out here, bro. <laughs> I'm not trying to be a part of that, though. <laughs> right. That's not for me. That's not for me. You different. That's, yeah. that's different, different. But, you know, I, I feel like this is this is a tough question this next one and it's i don't know how to word it but let me just let me just ask it out front mm-hmm. um so a lot of coaches mm-hmm. are very biased to the lgbtq plus community mm-hmm. and since you're a coach and if you were on if you were on if you were out on a game and mm-hmm. you saw your opposing coach having hatred towards that community, are you going to say something outside of it after the game? Or are you just going to let it sit if you know there's somebody on that team who's struggling with, with that coach? Uh, nine times out of ten, the coaches already communicate outside of basketball. So I, I would, especially if we have built a friendship or a type of connection where I can just, you know, pull you aside for a second and just have a conversation and maybe spit some knowledge to you of how that can be offensive or coming off the wrong way, I absolutely would do that. 
I absolutely do it. But it totally, it will totally have to be, you know, a one-on-one conversation yeah. away from people. Away from you know, maybe at a dinner or something like that. But yes, I, I definitely would. Even a phone call conversation, you know, yeah. but you cannot, you know, one sin is not greater than another. True. So you can't judge yeah. or be prejudiced yeah. or yeah. <laughs> towards I would I would definitely say something. Definitely. Yeah. Um I've seen I've seen coaches do it. And for me, it's harder for me to speak up because one, I'm not a part of that community. And two, I'm so young that they look at me and they're just like, you're a child. You have no right to speak to me about this. So that, so it's a lot harder for me to, you know, just come up and you know, say something. But, you know, if I come up with multiple people, then it's like, oh, okay. Give me, you a little more confidence. Yeah. Okay. yeah. I mean, for me, it's not even the confidence because like, I don't care. I speak my mind. Like, <laughs> I don't care what you think. So you would say it either way. Is. Yeah. I'm going to say it either way, but like, I know that they're going to have that you're a child complex. Like, why are you speaking to me? Yeah. And I know for a fact it has happened to me before. But th- that's only until you give an intellectual answer or statement. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, you know, he, he might know something. <laughs> yeah. And I'm always I'm always here for the intellectual conversations because it shows who I am as a person. Because right. I'm not only an athlete, I'm not only a scholar athlete. I'm a lot more than that. And. You know, when people see athletes, they're like, oh, you know, dumb athlete here, 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 especially for football. Like, you don't really get it for track or basketball as much, but for mm-hmm. football, it's always, oh, they're just the dumb athlete out there. Yep. So, you get you know, that for basketball as well. Basketball, I've, football. I've seen, it, I've seen it in basketball, but, like, nine times out of ten, it's football. Football is, yeah. The, I mean, but they have the most athletes, so. True. Yeah, they do. they'll get the most shame. So uh, it, it is hard, you know, and I mean, having LGBT plus community mm-hmm. um, as as um, teammates, like I've, I've had a few teammates and we, some of them didn't say anything, but they were they trusted me enough to say something. And some of them were out front about it. And I know a lot of people who just didn't like as soon as they found out their whole perspective, of that person changed. And it's like, why does why is your perspective of this person changing just because of their sexuality? Like, you like should, it shouldn't matter. I'm still the same person. Yeah, I still possess the same character traits that you you know me to have. You liked me before you knew my status, so why the same? Person. Why change? I, I'm still that. I'm still that same person. Yeah, and I mean, one thing I always hear when like, because I mean, I have a few gay friends and. One thing I always hear when, when I, like, I come around them and I bring other people around them, it's always, oh, I don't care if they're gay as long as they hit on me, sir. <laughs> they're not going to hit on you. Like, they're not going to hit on you. <laughs> that whole statement was I've unnecessary. Like, it's very unnecessary. Like, they, they, for what? Yeah. Say it. Like, I, don't, I don't get it. It's Sometimes people just have to have something to say. Yeah, like they always want. They always want to say something. They always have to have something to say. It, it, it's it's stupid. It's unfortunate. It is, but you know, let's leave on. But a bit. I do want to say that if you are a part of that community, you have to have you one strong backbone. Yeah. Because you're gonna have a lot of hate, adversity come your way. I can imagine. You know, some some jobs may turn you down because of it. Yeah. Or some teams may turn you down because of it. I had um, I was in Romania and we had a, a male professional basketball team. And one of the guys, the American, one of the Americans on the team, you know, he came out to me about it. And that, you know, he's into guys, but he don't want to say nothing because he doesn't want his you know contract to get stripped from him or he don't want his teammates to feel weird around them so he has to hide in a closet while overseas away from your people dealing with all kind of like mental demons going on (laughs) you know fighting it's tough for him (laughs) It, is. it was tough for I, I can I can imagine how tough that is. I, I 
personally, I can't put myself in that situation for that because I'm not, like, I'm not a part of the community, but I can, as much as I can put myself in that situation, like I can imagine how hard that is. Yeah. It's hard. It's like you have to live a lie or a double life. Yeah. It's tough. It, it's, it's definitely sad, but you know, let's end it on a good note, man. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> let's end it on a good note. Um, future plans for you. My future plans. I want to open up outside of coaching. Mm-hmm. Outside of coaching. Um, I want to open up a facility that focus on kids with mental disabilities, all type, whether it's behavior or like psychiatric behaviors or anything, a facility like that where they can go and just, you know, live residential, have staff there to help you out, counseling, um, you see doctors and therapists and things of that nature. Um, Definitely want to do something like that. Um, But as far as with coaching, I want to open up a gym. I actually want to open up a chain of recreational gyms and just, you know, start like a a AAU team or a recreational team. Start with one sport at a time, go from one sport to the next sport, football, maybe basketball, track. You just branch out and just go be in every state. (laughs) Just build upon it. But I want to do all of that after I sign me a good $15 million contract (laughs) (laughs) as a head coach somewhere. Respect, respect. Well, thank you for coming on. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love for you. And it's my pleasure. Thank you, cousin. I love you so much. Come visit me sometimes. (laughs) Send me your schedule. I'll come visit. All right. All right. Thank you.